click and go live. Okay. I think it's okay. I think this is now live or just about. Okay. Hi there, everyone. Thank you for tuning in and being here today. Um, I'm Sam. If you know, I'm here with fellow author Michaela Miller to talk about reading, writing, publishing, and more. Hi, Michaela. Hi. Thanks for being here with us today. Um, Thanks for written, yeah, you're welcome. Glad to <laughs> have you. Michaela has written, I, I believe, a couple novels. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Um, I, th I think mostly in the fantasy genre, yep. um, including Beyond Relatively Normal and War Games. But I'll let her tell you more about those in just a minute. I'm grateful that Michaela has graciously agreed to be here with us today and answered some more questions. So as always, I do have some questions prepared, um, but I also want to make this an interactive discussion. That's what I like about the live feature. If anyone's watching along, um, either friends of mine or fans of Michaela, or maybe both, um, <laughs> ask your questions in the comments, or just aspiring writers who want, want to learn from us, um, learn, learn from her and what she's done. Um, ask your questions in the comments, post comments, feedback, everything. If you're watching today, if you're a fan, a reader, an aspiring author, whatever, we want to hear your questions too about reading, writing, publishing, fantasy, fandom, or any of those topics. So um, don't be afraid to chime in and we want to hear from you too. Well, okay, Michaela, um, thanks again for joining us. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, can you give us a quick overview of your major works, the series you're working on, the books you've published, that kind of thing? Sure. Um, so it is a dark fantasy retelling of uh, such fairy tales as Jack and the Beanstalk, uh, Alice in Wonderland, Little Red Riding Hood, and Peter Pan. It is. Uh, it follows Jack and Red, obviously from Jack and the Beanstalk and Little Red Riding Hood. Um, as uh, Jack accidentally grows a beanstalk in the real world, and they attempt to fix it on their own and end up in Wonderland and eventually end up in Neverland and can't escape. Okay. So you said Jack and the Beanstalk, Red Riding Hood, Peter Pan, what was the fourth one? Was there a fourth Alice one? in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, okay. Mm -hmm. They're kind of all intermingled together in this, in this yep. fantasy world. That's yep. cool. Um, and you have two books out right now, right? Um, first is Beyond Relatively Normal. Yep, that's the first one. And second is War Games. Uh-huh. And you're working on more, I assume. Yes, um, I'm still editing book three, okay. but book I'll... three is called uh, Beyond Neverland. Okay, I'll ask you about that later, about, about, about future stuff, but um, okay, so it's definitely fantasy, would you say high fantasy, I guess, or, or kind of fairy tale fantasy? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I would call it high fantasy. It's okay. not... It's okay. not really close to Lord of the Rings level okay. or anything like that. Wait, so it's it takes place in kind of the real world, but there's there's magic and such too. Yes. And, and there's Neverland and fantasy worlds and things like that. Okay. Right, yeah. Okay, very fun. Um, I know a lot of us out there are fans of fantasy, so there's always more ways to tell and retell those classic stories. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get interested in fantasy in the first place? Like, what are some of your favorite books or movies or stories that have inspired you? Um... I mean, it really started when I was five or six when I got my first Harry Potter book. Um, and I just wanted to grow up and be just like J.K. Rowling, right, in the fantasy genre. Mm -hmm. um, I've kind of grown out of my Harry Potter stage now, but uh, but I she was a huge influence on my writing growing up. Sure. We, we never quite forget the ones who, who started to influence us. Yeah. Else yeah. Okay. What What else do you like these days then? 
Um, I'm I'm mostly reading manga these days. Uh -huh. Um, I haven't been doing a ton of reading, um, okay. and I do a lot of horror. Uh, I've been reading Stephen King and his son Joe Hill. Um, I just finished The Heart Shaped Box recently, um, by Joe Hill. And I really, I'm really into the horror genre. I just bought Flowers in the Attic the other day, so hopefully I'll finish or start that soon. Okay. I haven't the King yet. I've been told I should. I, I have his book on writing. I know that's, that's different from his other stuff, but but yeah, I'll get there eventually maybe. Yeah. Um, and, and I know Harry Potter is a good example of like existing in the real world, kind of, but there's, but there's magic and there's, there's this whole right. magic subculture. So yeah. I can see how you might be influenced by that. Um, you mentioned it's a dark fantasy. Um, like, what do you mean by that? Is it, I guess, more for teens or adults or? Um, definitely for older teens. Um, it mentions a lot of drug use and okay. uh, suicidal sure. ideation. Um, Things that real people deal with. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, there's a lot of horror based in H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Okay, yeah, I was, I was going to ask, if, if you're reading horror, does your horror influence your writing some? Yes. Okay, I've read yes. some Lovecraft, and yeah, he's he's the big name, other than Poe, I guess, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, very cool. So a good mix of things there. Um, you kind of already answered this, but I'm going to ask what, what your biggest influences were, like, other than just getting into fantasy in the first place, are there any authors or stories that you, like, specifically were inspired by or that you were trying to emulate? I guess Lovecraft was, was among them. Yeah, a lot of Lovecraft. Um, I, I read the original Peter Pan. Um, I okay. didn't stick with a lot of the Disney themes. Um, the original Peter Pan sure. is a lot darker. Um, I imagine so yours I is very different. To, from the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot different. I read the original and I know it's been told and retold and everything like that. I mean, I guess obviously you have been inspired by the stories that you're that you're basing them off of. So, so, mm -hmm. so um, but you're putting your own twist in it. I think it's interesting with two of those, or you mentioned Declan Beanstalk, um, and you know, and then I remember them all. Um, and Red, 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 Red Riding Hood, those are, more, those are more fairy tales. Like, like I mean, you know, we, we don't know who the original author was. Right. And in comparison. Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland are relatively recent. I mean, you know, it's still a couple hundred years old, mm -hmm. but like they were both books written by people who we know of, um, J.M. Barry and Lewis Carroll. And mm -hmm. they've just become part of our cultural mythos of fairy tales, I guess. And now we can kind of combine those into, in, into this cultural consciousness of the fantasy world. Right. Yes, yeah, it's cool here doing that, okay. Now, I'll shift gears a little bit. You've told us about, about your work, so um, fantasy fans can take note. But I wanted to ask you um, one, one of the biggest questions in all of our minds. How do you find the time to write while holding a day job and a life? Because I know you work, right? I do, yeah. Uh, I'm at work um, right now. <laughs> yeah. I saw your, your, your Facebook. Um, you work in a veterinary office, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Is it fun? Yes, I love it. It's the best job I've ever had. Awesome working with animals do you yeah. like actually take care of the animals and things like that uh yeah i get them checked in um help with nail trims things like that okay 
is it mostly dogs and cats or have you had like like any really like unusual pets um we do get unusual pets we only have one exotic doctor though so um but he sees pretty much everything we've got ferrets snakes um we've had a turkey come in before okay okay wow yep <laughs> pet turkey i hadn't heard of that before yes. yeah <laughs> I mean, I've, I, I, I've, I've heard of people have pet snakes it's uncommon but i know what happens but yeah that's okay that's that's fun yeah but um i know i know it's i'm sure it's a different world than, than you're writing a little bit um, yeah <laughs> no, i mean some, some of us like, like some of the people i've talked to we have have had jobs like that are kind of related to writing like i you know i, I was an english teacher for a while now i'm writing for yeah. a nonprofit um and stuff like that and 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 yours like on, on the surface it doesn't seem like it's 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 connected but but it's cool that you're you know you have multi-talents you know multiple different interests but oh yeah 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 um, i but has your work affected your writing at all do you think like um, influenced anything well i just moved a few months ago so i'm still kind of adjusting to life sure. up here um I haven't had as much time to write, yeah. but I usually can get my writing done on my lunch breaks. That's usually when I feel most productive. Mm -hmm. And then um, I only work four days a week. So okay. So I I have a little bit more time than I did at my last job. That's good. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a balance. Everyone talks about that. I mean, I mean, it's a struggle to when you have a day job and it's even if, even even if it's a good job which it sounds like yours is yeah but it's you know it, it, it's still not like doing your, your dream of writing it's like how do you do both i'm glad you're managing that so yeah yeah and i, and I know moving can throw you off we moved a couple of years ago and i and i that totally threw off my writing schedule for at least a couple of months but um what, where are you located now um in virginia rowan uh, yeah i miss virginia I think it froze. Can you still hear me? You know, moving to the period of adjustment and then and then and then working on your schedule and all that stuff. But um there you go. I think I lost you for a second. It says my connection's unstable, but hopefully we'll hopefully we'll keep working. So okay. okay. Yeah. Um okay. So yeah, you're making it work. You're doing well obviously doing working a day job, um, while pursuing your dream of, of, of writing and which I, I assume is hopefully I mean I mean are you hoping like one day to make a career out of it or is that, is that, is that the dream at least or just kind of I'm, I'm hoping eventually um yeah. i'd like to go traditional publishing if i can I just because i'm not very good at marketing yeah i'm i'm in the same boat I'm, I, I would like to well i mean that's the that's the dream i'm not i haven't achieved it yet but 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 yeah a lot of us are doing that okay what is your biggest strength in the craft of writing or what is the um, one thing you think your stories do really well? Um, I've been told I'm really good at character development. Good, okay. Um, I, I <laughs> am really self-conscious and don't like to hype myself up much, but hey, um, I feel okay. like I that mean, is a strong suit. Okay, I mean, this today's interview is, is to spotlight you so i mean <laughs> i mean I, I know marketing is uncomfortable for some of us it's it's hard to get into it first but this is the time to hype yourself up to, and tell us what you think is the best or what other people have told you 
Yeah, no worries. So character development, I guess you have, you said your, your two main characters are Jack and Red. Yep. I mean, maybe there's more coming to it over, over time, but like, how do you create your characters? Like, how do you, do you have a process for developing them or does it just come naturally? Um, it kind of just comes naturally. I didn't sit down and plan out their lives or anything. Okay. Um, they just kind of tell tell me things about themselves, I guess. So you're um, not a, a, a plotter in advance? No. Okay. Some of us are, not everyone is. So yeah, everyone has a different strategy. Okay. And I know these are like, I mean, in, in, a, in a sense, they're familiar characters, like, like you know, Jack and the Beanstalk, Red Riding Hood, but I assume you've made them different for your world. Like you've, you've given them their own stories and their own personalities and such, right? Right. Can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, your versions of the character? Like, what are they like? What, what, what's, um, you know, what, what, what's their personality or anything like? Right. Um, Jack is. I, I kind of kept close to the um, the original where he lives with his mom. Um, he's yeah. in a single parent household, struggling financially. Um, not that popular in school, doesn't really have a lot of friends. The underdog, um, classic. Yeah, and uh, he doesn't really have a great relationship with his mom. She's kind of abusive towards him. Um, just like we kind of get hints of that in the original fairy tale, depending on which version you look at. Sure. Um, he's, uh, he's not very sure of himself a lot of the time. He's He's just been in a toxic environment his entire life, so so he struggles. He's the underdog who's come from a tragic backstory, maybe, or, or at least sad beginnings or whatever. Yeah. Hopefully transcends some of that. I'm sure he does know the story. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about Red? Um. So she is... I, I was having a hard time with her, but she um, she kept pushing and pushing and telling me that she was Native American, okay. and so so um, sh she's come from a Native American household. Um, she's as compared to Jack, she's had a pretty good upbringing, good um, good relationships with her parents, obviously a good relationship with her grandmother. Um, and uh, I kind of tried to work in a little bit of um, Native American folklore okay. uh, with the wolf instead of uh, yeah. Eastern European. Combine different different mythologies and different. Right. That, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of people do. A lot of fantasy authors do things like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're kind of polar opposites, and they get kind of thrown together. Um, that often makes have to story. figure out how to work together. Yeah, yeah. Taking two or more characters who are very different and thrown together often makes a good story. So, okay, very cool. Um, I see we have a couple of people watching along. Um, remember, post your comments in the chat for Michaela to ask questions, um, learn from her wisdom and experience. And yeah, um, but I'll keep going. Um, then what's a struggle you have in writing or in, in, in crafting? What, what's one of the biggest, biggest challenges for you, what do you think? Other than finding the time. Um, 
writer's block <laughs> is terrible, obviously. Yeah. Um, when I get down, it takes me forever to get back on track. Right. Um, and uh, and like, I, like I said earlier, I'm kind of self-conscious about mm-hmm. showing people my work, I guess, before I get finished. So right. getting other people's opinions before is kind of hard. It is. You have to put yourself out there. There's, there's always a, yeah. a vulnerability there. And I mean, I think we all, if not still struggle with that, at least have at some point on our journey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With writer's block, you mentioned, because um, I know you're not, you're not really a planner, you said, do you, um, like, is that just you can't think of the next thing to do in the story, or you just don't have the motivation, or kind of a combination of both? It's like I have a lot of the big plot points. I just don't know how to get to them. Okay, yeah, I, I did some of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the tiny little details in between that gets kind of rough. You know where you wanted to go, you just, you just, how do they get there? Right. That's the question a lot of assets to ask. That's why, like, I personally, it helps me to write things out. I know, I know not everyone works, works like that, but I, I, I do like a fat outline, a big outline, you know, first. And I'm like, okay, have, have these scenes in my head, but how do they all interact together? I needed to organize myself. But yeah, what do you usually do to get out of that? Or like, like you said, it takes a while to get out, to get out of whatever's block, but do you have any strategies for combating it or kind of refinding your inspiration? Um, I'll usually start watching a new TV show or try to pick up another book, um, kind of work on something else, mm-hmm. maybe for a little bit. Um, yeah. Sometimes just seeing what other people are doing kind of gives me my inspiration back. Sure. Okay. Okay. Very good. Yeah. And I know just other stories or, I mean, not, 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 not that you want to like do exactly what they're doing, but I mean. Yeah, just familiarizing yourself with stories, especially in right. your genre, or the same type you're writing, can give you ideas and inspiration and such. Okay, yeah, thanks for sharing that. We have a question in the chat. Um, Diana asks, "Do you find yourself drawing from your personal experiences to build out your characterizations?" I don't. I don't think so. I okay. haven't really found that to be the case I don't um maybe in past works not the ones that I've published I don't feel like I really base that on anything um but past works that I've kind of worked on I did kind of draw from um experiences especially like I lost my mom when I was really early uh when I was four so um I kind of, I kind of draw on that sometimes, um, a character losing a mother figure. Um, I guess I can kind of see myself in red, um, just because I was so close to my grandma too. She was the one who raised me. Um, red losing her grandmother is kind of like me losing mine. Sure. Kind of had the same relationship. Okay. Yeah. They say, I mean, I mean, you know, Obviously, you're putting your characters in circumstances that you haven't been in, like, like you know, mm. to my knowledge, you didn't have, you know, an abusive childhood like Jack. Or, well, I mean, right. I mean, I hope, I hope not. I don't know. I don't know much about your background, but, but, um, and and then, um, you know, I mean, you're with, with, with Red. Um, 
I, I, I don't think don't think you're Native American. So, so I mean, no. I mean you know, <laughs> you know, you can create characters who are different from you, but at the same time, there's just the human nature, like 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 you know how people think, how people act, how people relate to each other, like like you know, I mean, lo losing a mother or losing a grandmother or mm -hmm. something like that. It's, I guess those those universals that we can all connect to. So so I mean. I mean, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to answer for you, but like, I, I think we all, to some extent, put those things in our characters in our writing, whether we intend. Not. Um, so I mean, it, and, and that's a good thing. It's good that you're making your characters real. They have human problems, and they're, you know, they're they're struggling with things that you and other readers can relate to. But you know, beyond beyond the, beyond the universals, you're not consciously basing them on yourself or or anything like that. But. Right. Okay, good question and good answer. Um, what is one writing or editing tip you can offer, do you think, that most people overlook or don't know? Uh, writing or editing tip. Um, so this is something that I struggle with. Um, I want the first draft to be perfect. Sure, don't we all? And, <laughs> and that's just not how it works. And I think that a lot of authors think that way. They, um, which is probably what puts me in writer's block so often is because I want it to be good the first time around and don't want to go through all those edits. But um, I think going through, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth drafts is fine. Um, and that's how it's supposed to be. Um, so I guess trying to just don't focus on making it perfect exactly. at first and just focus on getting the story out and then you can go back and fix whatever needs fixing. That's good advice. It's also easier said than done for a lot of us. I know, I know I've, I've, I've talked some, 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 some with that too. I mean, I've, I've done a lot, of, a lot of editing, but now I look back at my first drafts and I'm like, that wasn't good. <laughs> um even even the great writers talk about that I mean, I mean i think i think hemingway has this famous quote about crappy first drafts i don't think he said crappy um <clears throat> so yeah i mean we've all been there but and, and i know again that there's that vulnerability of um you have to face your own work and realize okay there's there's probably something good in here something i can salvage but a lot of this is not the best it could be and that's hard to do i mean even for me still uh at times and you have to often show other people and and have them you know help review it or give you feedback or whatever um mm -hmm. which is scary and, and hard and hard um so do you have an editing process like do you just go through it on your own or have you have you worked with an editor or have you had friends beta read or anything like that um i i don't have an editor i usually do all of my editing by myself um I will get a couple of people to go in and read and tell me if there's like major issues um, sure. or if something doesn't make sense. Um, but I personally haven't worked with a professional editor before. Yeah, they're uh, good ones are expensive. I mean, I think that yeah. they're worth it. I, I think I, I haven't gotten to that point yet either. Um, they're, they're worth it, but but um, I've, I've seen what, I've seen what they charge, and I'm like, I don't have that kind of money um when i'm not a successful public author yet so yeah that's that's uh, the I, problem I don't, I don't know what the solution is to the dilemma there but yeah 
Um, I mean, editors are much needed, but but they can be a good one can be hard to get. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, beta reading with, with your friends is often a good strategy. And I mean, at least at least for starting out, um, people can tell you what it sounds like. You know, just, just how, you know if it, how it feels. If there's anything that's off or that doesn't make sense, I've gotten a lot of good feedback from um, some friends like that and from our writers group that um, on Facebook that you and I are part of. Writer sanctuary, yeah. So okay, that's 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 good. But but you have at least shown to some people, like some of your friends, I guess. Yeah. Feedback, and is that is that part of the is that part of what's hard for you? Part of the the. Yeah, I I don't. (laughs) Um, I am kind of rough with constructive criticism. I I know I need it, but um. Nobody likes it. Someone says this doesn't make sense. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you must hate it, and like, that's yes, yes, not no, usually no. the case. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard not to take that personally. It, it, it's, it, I mean, for anybody. I mean, this goes beyond beyond writing, but I think a lot of us just in our culture today, for whatever reason, it's easy to take criticism personally, or 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 even just disagreement or whatever, um, yeah. when that's not how it should be received at all. Um, yeah, so that's hard. Um, I read a good book recently, and I actually actually read it, read it for work. I mean, it was a writing it was a writing book, um, and it's it's actually called Writing Without BS, but he spells out the word, so um, mm-hmm. take that with a grain of salt. Um, but it's it's got some good advice, and, and I mean, and as as it suggests, you know, he he doesn't um, he, he doesn't skimp words. He's very direct. Um, yeah. Very Josh. And he said something that stuck with me that like the editor is there not to tell you what you don't know but to fix what you can't see like it's it's not necessarily that the editor is smarter than you or 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 better than you and that's not that's not the mindset and if you think like that then you'll be taking it personally that's not good but the editor is there just to reveal to you what you can't see because because you know you you're so used to it your eyes are not fresh um you're since you wrote it your perspective was biased but an editor or in this case a beta reader just someone else who's not you will look at it and see something different and offer you feedback there which is often useful and then it's your story you can decide what to do with that feedback you know if 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 they have a point you can be like oh yeah let me let me change something here if what you're doing works for you you can keep it um as long as you know why you're keeping it and and it's not just because you don't like criticism but it's but it's because it works for your for your story yeah so Good editors or even good beta readers reveal what you can't see, but they um, they help you. They can help guide you in that process and give you feedback. Um, Diane asks again in the, in the chat, "What is your all-time favorite novel? Um, do you want to stay in the fantasy genre? Do you see yourself moving toward another one, or it's okay one at a time? Favorite novel? Go." Um, I really uh, like. Uh, <laughs> question. Um. I really like Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe. Um, I'm not familiar with that. Who's the author? Um, Benjamin, I am going to butcher his last name. Um, Alire Sayens, I think okay. is how you say it. Um, yeah, it was, that was really important to me. Um, also the perks of being a wallflower was huge right. for me growing up. Um, I just I flew through that. It was yeah. amazing to me. Um, yeah. 
as far as series goes, um, um, Harry Potter's always going to have a spot in my heart. Sure. Um, and Percy Jackson. Okay. Hard, I hard to beat the ones Percy that you grew Jackson. up with. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, the first one, I, I'm not very familiar with it, but it's the Aristotle and Dante, it, it sounds also like it's, you know, based in this cultural mythos, but taking a new spin on it. Is that, would that, would that be a good assessment? Uh, no, it's uh, it's not, more not like really realistic not. fiction. <laughs> realistic um, fiction. Okay. Yep. Okay, so like historical fiction, actually about Aristotle and Dante. Well, it's uh, it's set in 1980s Texas, actually, okay. um, and it's got uh, two Hispanic characters, um, and their names are Aristotle and Dante. Okay. I, I, you know what, you, you know what I did? I, I just judge the book by its cover, or rather by its title. So I'm not, I don't listen to anything I'm saying. But, but. Yeah, I, I really honestly just picked it up because the cover was pretty. Sure. Hey. But. But you found one that turned out to be one of your favorites. Yeah. Okay. Very good. And second part of Dan's question: um, Do you want to stay in the fantasy genre, or do you see yourself moving toward horror, or are you kind of maybe blending the two, or any any other genres? Um, I have a few ideas. Um for the horror genre. Um, I've been thinking about writing a novel based on Lovecraft's um, The King in Yellow. Okay. I've read um, a little bit of Lovecraft, I've not read that one. I, I haven't read the full story. I just know little bits and pieces. I'm gonna have to go and read it, but... Um, okay. And uh, I've been kind of thinking of moving into the romance genre just because i feel like it sells a lot sure. and if, if it's something you're interested in then yeah i mean I'm, i mean that, yeah that, that's a, that's kind of the prerequisite but but yeah i mean and i'm sure your, your books maybe already have some romance in them i think at some yeah some i mean often often that's a secondary genre to some but but yeah yeah, but most of my ideas are fantasy based um and i i definitely will be staying in the fantasy um, I've kind of tried to expand to sci-fi a little bit, um, but I've never been strong with sci-fi, so okay. see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, the good thing about if, if you're a successful writer, you know, there, there are some who bridge genres or even write in multiple genres. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I know Stephen King is known for his horror, for, uh, example, but he has some that are more just sci-fi, I think. Mm -hmm. um, again, I haven't, I haven't read a lot, but I know. I know he has a time travel book and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, good question. Yeah. I see we have a few others. Keep, keep the questions coming. Um, I was asking you last time about our, our um, your editing process. So I want to ask you also about your publishing process. Um, now, I think you um, you mentioned your goal is to do a traditional publishing one day, or you that's the dream, I guess. Um, so so far, you've, you've you've done the self publishing. Is that right? That's it. Yeah. Okay. So how did you know, I guess, how did you get started on that path or how did you know which path of publishing was best for you? Can you tell us about your process a little bit? Um, I actually had a couple of friends who were um, publishing like their poetry books on Amazon and, um, you know, and I kept, I just kept getting rejections from traditional publishing houses. So I was like, well, I guess I could give self-publishing on Amazon a shot and see how sure. that goes. Um, it hasn't been great, but um, 
I think it was a good place to start. Mm -hmm. Um, because it definitely helped me get the word out a little bit. Um, yeah. And you, you have something you, you can sell and put in front of people and say, here, here's my book. Yeah. Which, which I'm, I'm still not there yet, so I get it. Yeah, okay. Um, what's, what do you think are maybe the, the ups and downs, like the benefits and pitfalls of doing a self-publishing from your experience? Um, Definitely the major part of self-publishing is you have to market yourself. Yeah. And that is not my strong suit. Um, and uh, I guess if if you don't feel comfortable um, putting yourself out there and hyping up your own work and, um, you know, doing all of the marketing yourself, then self-publishing isn't really great unless you want to hire someone else to do it, right. but that can be well, expensive. Even, even most traditional publishers these days want you to do some marketing yourself, at least as I understand. Yeah. I mean, I guess once in a while someone hits it big and, you know, you know I mean, if, if you're a bestseller like Rowling or something, you you have a company doing that for you, but most of us don't get there, you, you, even, yeah. even publishers, you know, but my dad has published two novels with, with, with a company. Um, you know, he, he's not an overnight billionaire. Um, um, right. You know, he's, he's still working a job and doing much of the promotion himself. So that, that's what happens a lot of times. Yeah. But, um, but you think it's been a good, good experience for you to start with? At least, to, to yeah, I, I think self-publishing is good to start with. Because... Um, you know, you tell your friends and family, oh, I've got a book on Amazon. A lot of them think it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, Not everyone can say that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And then they, you know, they can, and most people have smartphones, so they can just pull it out and look it up real fast. And, mm -hmm. and you know, they can order it. I mean, people you don't know can order it and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, have you, Diane asks, have you tried the European publishing market? I haven't. Okay, I haven't either. I, I don't know much about that. Um, I was just she mentioned that she mentioned that in the in the chat. So um, I guess it's different from from American. Or maybe different, maybe different audiences, maybe different interests and in different kinds of stories. I'm not sure. Yeah, every once in a while, I'll uh, get somebody from like Germany or India that bought my book, but okay. And I don't know how they found it, but yeah, that's cool. No, no, I've I've seen things like that happen too. I, I mean, that's the benefit of, of having it on Amazon. You, you at least you, you're, you're getting an email either to someone at least in a small way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Yeah. Good. Thanks for the tip. So, yeah. So self publishing is where a lot of people get started, especially these days. I know it's it's easier than ever, um, and more and more people are doing it, uh, which also means there's more competition. More competition, I guess. Which brings up the need for self-promotion and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I know you touched on this already, but I was going to ask. Um, and I know it's like a strong suit, but what have you done so far, or what are you doing for self-promotion, engaging your audience, anything like that? Have you tried that much? Um, I haven't been doing a lot lately. Um, I I try to kind of get with. Um, like I've found a few libraries that have put my book in stock and sure. um, I kind of try to set up book signings. Um, book signings were usually where I was getting most of my sales from. Was it before um, COVID? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, COVID kind of kind of hit a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of our, a lot of parts of our lives, I know. But hopefully, you can start doing those again. I know things in, in most parts of the country. It seems like things are starting to open up, or are have opened up a lot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I haven't I haven't, haven't done a book selling yet, so that's that's good. Um, is that um, do you think marketing is something you want to learn more about, or is it still just something you're not comfortable with, really? Um, it's definitely something I need to learn about. Okay. Um, just to make like appealing ads for sure. Amazon or Facebook, um, because I don't get a ton of engagement when I yeah. um, do run ad promotions. Um, so I guess learning how to make an ad appealing. Yeah, yeah, there's an, art, there's an art to that. I um, I am by no means an expert. I've been listening to a few marketing podcasts the past couple of years, so I've I feel like I've learned a little bit. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, the, the basics at least, but not mm -hmm. not an expert by any means. I mean, I mean, full disclosure, I'm still on the journey with you. You know, I I don't have you know a million followers yet or anything. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm aspiring myself and, and trying to build those things. Um, it's, it's part of why I'm putting out content like this. But um, but yeah, um, can I recommend, recommend a few resources to you if you're interested? Sure. Um, some of the podcasts I listen to, and I think I've mentioned this on maybe on on my last one of my last calls too. Um, there's a guy named Donald Miller. He's actually well, he he started out as a nonfiction writer, and 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 um, his book Blue Like Jazz is famous, and I've read it last year. It was really good. That's separate. Um, he's now writing more about like business and marketing, but um, his formula is called the story brand. Like he, like he, he understands like stories and how those play into kind of advertising. So it's like it's it's like you're kind of inviting the customer to be part of your story and and like they see themselves as the hero on a journey and stuff like that. So it's he uses tropes in the hero's journey, but applies it to business. So it's really interesting. His his book is called Building a Story Brand. Well, he has he has a few books out now. Um, there's a podcast he has called "It's Business Made Simple" with with Donald Miller, and the mm -hmm. um, the same business also has "Marketing Made Simple" with um, JJ Peterson, I think. So, if you like podcasts, um, look for those. Um, okay. There's there's, there's an, I know there's a site called the, like the, the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I listen to them sometimes. That's 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 probably more about um, like like the first one was probably more about general business principles um this one's more about like making ads on facebook and stuff like that which i'm not mm -hmm. an expert in by any means either um but but yeah i listened to that one and then um you may have heard the name gary vaynerchuk he's a kind of business marketing guru um he does he, he does a lot of stuff when i listen to his podcast um and he also shoots it straight and cusses a lot so take that with a grain of salt um but he has some good things to say if you're willing to listen so I've been listening to some of these for the past couple of years, and and uh, these resources necessarily. I'm not getting paid by them, but but um, they've helped me and a little bit. And you know, you can find resources. You can find, you know things that tell you how to start and, and, and all that kind of stuff. If you're willing to look at, look into it and put in the time to learn is what I'm saying. Yeah. So for you or anyone out there, that one's free, but hope it helps. Yeah. Do you have any yeah, more like book you. signings or anything coming up in the future? 
Um, not right now. I haven't really made a connection with any bookstores or um, libraries up here yet. If you just moved recently, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully soon then. Yeah. Now that things are opening up. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Be on the lookout then, everyone in Virginia, because Michaela's coming around. Um, <laughs> I have a couple more questions. If anyone else in the chat has some, um, I guess, last call for questions in this chat. But um, I know you've talked but what do you have in the works currently or for the future? I know you're working on book three of your series. Anything else? Um, I'm, that's really it right now. Um, okay. I've kind of touched on a sci-fi novel that I've started, but I'm not very far into it. Um, I've kind of started working on um, another fantasy novel that's, um, based on the uh, the labyrinth in Greek mythology and cool. um, and uh, the Minotaur, yeah, okay. but it's it's also going to be based in uh, Lovecraftian horror. That sounds interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so do you do you write like multiple projects at once usually, and just kind of whenever ideas strike you? Yeah. Yeah. Just whatever sounds interesting to me at the time sure. but now that you have a series and you have a couple books published there's a little more pressure maybe to, to get the next one out there i don't know yeah yeah do you have a, a target for finishing the third book like a target date or or, or just kind of as it comes to you um i was hoping at some point this year um since i published the first one in 2018 and the second one in 2020 so i was hoping this year but we'll see. <laughs> okay, because you still have to finish writing it too, right? Um, I'm I'm editing. It's finished. Said, okay, you, you said you're editing. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just curious. Is it a trilogy or will there be more? Is I'm sorry. Um, how how many books do you envision in the series? Is it is it a trilogy or will there be more than three? Um, I've kind of started working on book four too, so okay. I'm kind of expecting seven or eight books nice like harry potter or Percy jackson or something yeah i should have asked you earlier are these um okay no no i, I, I didn't ask you they're not really young adult i mean maybe an older teen you said or yeah. teens or adults okay i feel like there's an audience for that these days though for, for sure I mean, yeah people who want kind of grittier darker themes yeah but still an element of the fantastical and such yeah Okay, very good. Cool. So fun stuff coming in the future, it sounds like. Um, let's see, I asked you about where your books are available. Um, you just have, have, have the two on Amazon, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Where can people follow you and your work online? Are you um, are you on different social media accounts as, as, as an author or anything like that? Yeah, um, I'm on Facebook. I have the uh, Michaela Miller author page, and then right. um, I'm on Twitter. And Instagram under Michaela M. Author. Michaela, okay, okay. I'm not sure if I'm following you on Twitter yet. I need to follow you. I was, I was looking for you before the start. Michaela M. Author. I'll, I'll look for you. Yep. Okay. Very good. Well, you heard it here, folks. Um, Michaela and her work are on Amazon. They're on Facebook and Twitter. And you said Instagram. Okay. Yeah. So give her, go give her a follow and, and support a fellow author and all that stuff. Um, I don't see any more questions in the chat right now. I think we're near the end of my, my questions I have in mind. Um, 
anything else you want to share with the people at home or, or um, just tell about your books or your process or anything you want to say to aspiring writers out there? Yeah, I mean, just don't give up. I mean, uh, your story is going to sound predictable and boring to you because you've read it over a few times, but um, I mean, just just think that don't think in your mind because you're looking at it from your perspective. Other people are going to be interested in it. And so just don't let the writing demons get you down, I guess, because uh, yeah, you're going to have self-doubt writing, but just don't give up. Keep, keep writing, keep putting it out there for people. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Don't let the writing demons get you down. No, I, I'm in the same boat because I, I'm in like round, I don't know, four or five of edit, editing my first book. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, I'm tired of it. And, it, and now it feels predictable for me because I've gone through it so many times, but no, you're yep. right. It's, um, yeah. Writing is playing the long game, you, you know, it, especially if you're hoping to have some, some publishing and success, success out of it. It's playing, playing the long game. Yeah, you know, um, for sure. It's just, just, you know, it just, for most of us, you know, 99%, it doesn't happen overnight. You have to invest the time and the resources and the energy and all that stuff. But I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad you're on this journey with the rest of us. And yeah, so you, yeah, keep working at it too and everyone at home, take that advice too. Well, thanks again, Michaela, for being here today. Um, everyone at home, um, like my page, Samuel and Harris, the page this video is on for future discussions and content for writers. I, I do videos weekly. I try to do an interview like this monthly. So um, keep coming back for more, or you can sign up for my mailing list at, at the link in the description. I believe it's the, the, Chipper, the Chipper Maker link. When you sign up, you get a free sample of my novel, Fractured Heroes, a few of my favorite scenes that I think you'll enjoy. And of course, go check out Michaela's work too on Amazon or Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, wherever you, you are. So um, thank you for watching today. Thank you, Michaela, for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you for those of you at home who asked questions and chimed in and showed your support. And um, have a great weekend, everyone. Have a good Friday, and we'll see you next time. Bye.